and welcome to the Future of Work podcast series. I'm Tobias Brinkman at Herbert Smith Freehills, and I'm joined by Miriam Everett, together with Sean McKinley. Our subject today is HR tech, AI, and the charged topic of monitoring staff via technology, and we're accessing how such trends are changing the nature of work, especially in a period when jobs are going through seismic, pandemic-induced upheaval. If using technology to monitor staff in the office can be controversial, and a number of brand name companies have gotten into legal and reputational trouble for just that, it gets even more thorny when staff are working at home on their own kit. So let's dive in. How widespread are digital tools in the workplace, like AI-assisted HR or digital monitoring of staff? Thanks, Tobias. So Technology in the HR sphere is actually much more widespread than I think people may realize, and it's been going on for a really long time. If you think back to factory workers clocking in and clocking out of their shifts, this was essentially monitoring the time that people were working for. However, today, the use of new technologies is often reported in the press in a way that's designed to capture attention, such as the monitoring of the productivity of employees working remotely. But the use of technology during the employee experience can be much less dramatic. So there's business as usual or BAU monitoring that goes on in nearly every organization at the moment. So, for example, monitoring emails sent by employees to catch employees sending confidential information to personal email addresses as a precursor to leaving and setting up in competition or even just to identify where the employee is about to send an email to the wrong recipient. But then there's the stuff that hits the press, which tends to be a bit more high profile. Thanks, John. I think that's right. And then the question is, given a possible new normal involving significantly more remote working, how are we going to understand and measure both productivity and how individuals are working when they're at home? Thanks. There has been much talk about AI fueling discrimination by existing data sets or tech providers' own biases. Has there been much evidence of this turning into disputes yet? Yeah, that's an interesting question. And I think it's fair to say that we have indeed already seen disputes, both before the courts and also in an industrial relations context. But we also expect that an increase in the use of these types of technologies will likely lead to further disputes, albeit there is always a bit of a time lag between, I guess, the technologies being introduced and the impact on disputes or claims coming to court. From a data privacy perspective, the GDPR already provides for a right to compensation if an organisation has breached its GDPR obligations. And we know that there are multiple law firms looking to claim GDPR compensation on behalf of clients. So this type of potential data processing could present an opportunity for those kind of claims. If there are complaints about the inappropriate use of data while making decisions about applicants or employees, Claims for compensation under the GDPR, or indeed the UK GDPR, could cover both financial loss, so lost earnings from failing to get a promotion where decisions made using HR tech, and potentially also non-financial loss or distress akin to an award of injury to feelings in an employment context. In the employment tribunal sphere, judges are familiar with allegations of discrimination in the context of decisions made about applicants during recruitment or indeed about employees at other times of the employment journey. Employment tribunals are also used to the concept of multiple claims, including in the context of recruitment and where statistical evidence is used to evidence discrimination rather than any conscious decision. 
So there could be groups of claimants in the employment tribunal or there could be groups of claimants in the civil courts. And while groups of claimants in the employment tribunal can be smaller than what we've seen in terms of collective data breach claims in the civil courts, the potential compensation could be higher than we've seen for data breach claims. And um, what are the main challenges facing employers in how they use AI or algorithms in their recruiting processes? Thanks. So I think, first of all, uh, there are the sort of GDPR or, as Sean said, the UK GDPR now challenges, including a positive requirement for transparency when use of AI or algorithms amounts to automatic decision making or profiling. And the tension is that that transparency can then lead to awareness of the use of technology, which will then potentially increase challenges against decisions made or influenced by algorithms. So allegations could include that the technology itself has inbuilt discriminatory biases, whether those are learnt from those who have programmed the algorithmic code or developed from the machine's own AI learning based on its assessment of underlying data sets that are generated by humans. This is what's often referred to as garbage in equals garbage out. Thanks, Sean. I think there's, there's one more thing that I'd add to that and that, you know, those are legal challenges, but AI and algorithms also raise non-legal ethical challenges and questions. You know, so things like, should it be machines making these decisions at all? There are elements in recruitment which require some subjective assessment and algorithms are by their nature fairly binary. So can employers have confidence that using AI in recruitment decisions will result actually in the right candidates for the job? Interesting. Some commentators see monitoring of staff during remote working as a minefield. How significant are the risks? What steps should employers take to mitigate the likelihood of conflict or claims with monitoring of staff? Well, in terms of monitoring, it's again important to remember that there are legal risks and then there are industrial relations risks. So from a legal perspective, excessive or warranted monitoring of employees can lead to employment tribunal claims, such as constructive unfair dismissal claims if employees resign, or ordinary unfair dismissal claims if employees are dismissed on the basis of evidence which is gathered by problematic monitoring. From a legal perspective, but stepping away from the courts and tribunals, there's also the risk of complaints to the ICO. But let's remember that there are also industrial relations risks, such as the risk of attrition if employees are particularly unhappy, but also consequences such as negative press attention. And again, it is important to remember that this can happen in unionized industries, but employees are also more likely now to use non-traditional methods to make their feelings clear, like social media. And even if employers are transparent about the monitoring that goes on in the workplace, this could lead to allegations that the mental burden from being constantly watched is creating an additional stress on employees. And I think that leads neatly into an additional risk that we haven't yet spoken about, but which I think is extremely important, and that's the potential loss of trust between employees and employer. Transparency is important, and not just because of the GDPR. Transparency also engenders that trust between the relevant parties, which shouldn't be forgotten. We've seen more generally in the use of technology that people are happier to accept monitoring where they understand or they see a benefit to themselves. And we think here about people using smartphones and enabling location and checking on those phones or people inserting ring doorbells where they might not have been so happy to have CCTV. 
But part of transparency is about being clear about what the objective is and what the limits are. And this can sometimes lead or within monitoring, we can sometimes get mission creep where monitoring occurs for one reason, but then the information is used for another reason. It's really important where monitoring is going on in the workplace that it is kept under review and that employers continue to look at what they are monitoring and what it is being used for. And the final thing to point out is that it's really also important to be clear, firstly, what happens in a structured way. I'm thinking here about um, email monitoring or CCTV, but also being aware of unstructured monitoring. So, for example, the recording of Teams calls or Zoom calls and conferences and calls in this new remote working that we find ourselves in. If you had a single message to clients, either in managing their risk or seizing the opportunities of new tools in the workplace, what would that be? If I could sum it up, I would say there's no need for alarm, but there is a need for caution. And just to add to that, I think I would add, it's always good to be clear about what you're seeking to achieve and why the technology or the algorithm is necessary to achieve that aim. So always think about, are you using technology just for technology's sake? That seems a natural point to take our leave. Thank you to our guests. If you're interested in the future of work, we are gearing up for a report and series of articles exploring the theme later in the year. Our first report on the topic is already available at www.herbertsmithfreehills.com slash work. Thanks for listening.